1: Baseball family, today we're going to talk about how the Players Association has their fingers in the pie everywhere. Baseball is also going to have a combine for the first time in the history of ever. And then today we're going to talk about Seattle's Mount Rushmore right after this. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to yet another episode of the Baseball Together Podcast. I am Brig, and as always, on my left is Brad the Man, Blackjack Brad. How are you? Hey. <laughs> yes! We are having so <laughs> much fun today. We're very excited that you're here. We're going to dive right into it on a somber note, actually, which is totally out of character for where I'm at right now. But we lost another one of the greats. Uh, Hank mm-hmm. Aaron passed away last week and were, and we're terribly sad about it The Circumstances surrounding his passing Are maybe a little bit fuzzy They're saying that he got the COVID vaccine Actually, and was uh, You know, maybe part of that was complications Due to the vaccine Brad, did you hear anything about that?
0: I didn't hear about that I did wonder about that, though But on the other hand, I mean, he was like, what? He was 87 years old
1: 86, 87, yeah
0: so when somebody's that old and they pass away, I just kind of chalk it up to old age, honestly. Um, I don't yeah. look too much into any circumstances around it. Um, that, it, I mean, it could happen next week, could happen next year at, at that point, I feel like. So um, right. it, not, not taking any, anything away from it because it is incredibly sad. I mean, Hank Aaron, we heard everybody talking this weekend about how yeah, he was just a class act guy. Everybody liked him. You know, anybody who came yeah. in contact with him liked him and there couldn't have been a better guy, a nicer guy to have been the all-time home run king for as long as he was. And then to have it taken away by Barry Bonds, of all people. So, Woof. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, so a lot of people have been heralding, um, you know, his achievements and, and all that with the home run ball, obviously, all mm-hmm. weekend right. long. And I think that's, I think that's great. And I think that 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 for me though that's a, that's that's the platform for the actual accomplishment uh right. and that was to advance you know kind of further the civil rights efforts in the south you think about it hank aaron beat the record and then got a standing ovation black man in the deep south not 10 years after the civil rights movement sort of reached its culmination as, as far mm-hmm. as the history books read anyway and uh you know, in the sixties. So that to me, and I was talking to some of my friends about it this weekend. And, and to me that, that is the moment, right? It's like, it has very little to do with the home run, although that was the catalyst, but, but what happened in the wake of that was what drives me crazy. It just floors me. I love it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it really is a big deal. It, I mean, like you said, the role that he played in civil rights and, and baseball and and everything. I mean it it's huge. It really is it really was a big deal. So lost. Well, we're a good sad, one.
1: To, sad to have lost him, but I think he would he would say that the you know the game has gotta keep being played. So um the Players Association has rejected Major League Baseball's offer to incorporate a universal DH into this season and and rejected the expanded playoff Brad yeah <laughs> Has the players association been in this much of a power position in this long like how long has it well, been
0: i mean they it they've been the strongest strongest union in sports in north american sports for a long long time and sure. really what's behind this is the players association wants wants the universal dh it gives it provides more jobs i mean we, we talked about marcelo zuna and his ability to keep a job because of the DH in the NL last year in the NL last year um you know i mean that's that's 15 more jobs for guys right so yeah. the, the players association wants that what they don't want for some reason i can't figure this out is they don't want expanded playoffs um i mean i i do understand the side that the players are not getting any more money because of playoffs the players don't see any of that money unless they win
1: Right, yeah, right. That's how it goes but anyway, I, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just that's just the way playoff money works. That all goes to the owners. But I don't understand. The thing that I cannot figure out is, like, why wouldn't you want more meaningful games? Yeah, I don't understand that either. They're kind of standing in their own way of growing the game by not bringing in expanded playoffs. And, you know, I understand that there's the argument that it gets watered down. That's fine. You can have that argument because it could but it's more meaningful games longer and i don't understand why the players wouldn't want that and i don't know if that's the players on the whole in the whole like saying like no we don't want expanded playoffs or if it's just tony clark saying nope we don't want that because we don't have to take it
1: yeah that's what that's what i think of i think of what what is the political move here and why are we rejecting it i'm going to keep beating the collective bargaining agreement drum but it just mm-hmm. feels like more, more pieces on the board being moved around and um, in this chess game that they've got going on leading up to this uh, the end of the season. That's, that's how it feels to me. Because I agree with you, more, more meaningful games makes a lot of sense to me, especially in the wake of such a wonky season and with the need to revitalize the sport overall. I mean, why would you mm-hmm. not want to at least do a couple years with a new playoff system um, that involves more people, more fans. It's special, and then I I would argue that if you do it for three or four seasons, maybe three seasons, and then you pull it back after obviously you've expanded to new franchises, duh, of course, of course, and then yeah. you pull it back, but you you go back back to a regular format, then it's it was special for those three seasons. You keep it special. That would be my argument to the to the watering it down people, and because they're right. But we gotta find a way to revitalize as well. So how do we do both? I say three seasons with the expanded playoffs, then take it away, add a couple of teams, everything's juiced, except for the balls, and we're good to go. Yeah. I think you've hit it spot on. Hit it the nail on the head there.
0: Um
1: But that's why they rejected yeah. the D H that they want is because it was probably a package deal. That's what I It mean. was a package deal. Yeah, that's exactly
0: yeah. what it was. They were is that the owners gave them universal DH, but they said, but this has to come with it. And that's when they were like, nope. Yeah. I, I don't understand. <laughs> it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me. Other
1: than so, it possibly
0: being a power play.
1: It's, that's exactly right. Okay. So the cactus league formally has formally asked to postpone the, uh, start of spring training. And they have a bunch of COVID concerns, right? Meow. And, <laughs> that's uh, correct. Brad, my question to you is, are those concerns founded?
0: Absolutely, they are, yes. Um, the situation here in Phoenix. Brigham I'm coming to you live from Phoenix. Uh, the situation yeah. here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to our anchor in the field.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not good. I mean, it's improving. Um, I mean, you could say solid and improving. I don't know if that would necessarily be the case, but it is improving. And I think what it is is... Um, The Cactus League is is saying, look, we're headed in a good direction right now because over the last 14 days, uh, cases have gone down because we've come down out of the Christmas and New Year's cases. So things are definitely improving now. And if they continue to improve into February, that's good news. And then they would continue to improve, improve into March when we have games and tourists are coming to the games. Right? The issue that I think the Cactus League is seeing here at hand is Things are headed in the right direction. But if we bring a bunch of people, a bunch of tourists from a bunch of different states, and we put them all in a Petri dish, what's going to happen? Are things going to get really bad again? And that would make things really bad for not just the fans, but the players, and also the community, because people are going to be out in the community as well.
1: Yeah, okay. My argument to that would be, but it's outside, and it's supposed to be warm in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, and, you know, in... I know in March, you know, it's it's about 80 degrees. And that, I don't know if that's warm enough necessarily to do what it needs to do for COVID. Um, I know right. during, you know, I guess last year, things didn't really start to get bad until June when it really heated up and everybody went inside. You know, as long as people are yeah. outside, it's fine. Um, but you've also got people, because I know the Peoria Sports Complex, there is like a bajillion, and I'm being like probably under exaggerating that there's like a bajillion restaurants in that area and you know people are going to go to a game and go to then go to the restaurants and not all of them have outdoor seating so you know i know you're going to run into problems with that and it's not it's not just being in the stadiums you know it's like i said being in the community and, and and overcrowding areas that are not typically that
1: crowded Sure. Well, and not just that, but what are they bringing from elsewhere? What will they take Mm -hmm. back home with them? I understand all of that. But the great contradiction here is that the Grapefruit League has said nada. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I don't... I mean... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So, it's also warm, and it's also outside. (laughs) I don't think things are as bad in Florida as they...
0: As they were what six months ago, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Florida's
0: kind of come down, so that might be Florida, part of it. Yeah. Is that they've gotten things more under control? But I mean, in Arizona, and I mean, we were getting like thirteen thousand cases a day there for like a week stretch. Wow! So it's got to come down. It's got to stay down. And I think that's really what it is. Is it's is mm-hmm. it's it's trying to get it down and getting it to stay down rather than getting another spike for three four months as a result of spring training
1: okay so So now this decision comes back to the players association tony clark has to say yes or no
0: which i think is interesting like i'm starting to feel like he's really the one behind the scenes here you know he's he's the executive director of the mlbpa and i feel like he's the one who's really guiding all of this like i've always been really hard on rob banford because of his inability to negotiate
1: but like not wrong
0: it's not wrong but i wonder sometimes i feel like so i'm gonna get real nerdy on you here for a minute brig so do it i finished watching your nerd
1: voice please
0: uh no i take away from it (laughs) i'm not gonna do it it's not not that kind (laughs) of nerdy but so i I finished watching um the clone wars series on disney plus um, yes. excellent show. If you haven't watched, you like star Wars, go watch it. And the whole time you see that, um, emperor Palpatine or chancellor Palpatine at the time is, uh, is kind of pulling the strings behind everything. Right. And then you've got count Dooku though, who's doing all the dirty work. And so I wonder if Tony Clark is really more like chancellor Palpatine or emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious, whatever you want to call him. It's all the same guy. If he's more like him, but then, uh, if Rob Manfred is more like Count Dooku, he's like the fall guy. who's doing all the dirty work of being like, "Oh, you know, we're at the mercy of the MLBPA. You know, it's, it's just, it's what we have to do." And he's kind of mm-hmm. taking the bullets from all sides. You know, you know what I'm saying there? That I, Tony Clark is really the one back there, like tugging the strings. But we blame Rob Manfred because of his position.
1: Sure, I I understand the analogy, but I okay. don't think Rob Manfred's inept behavior and handling can be overlooked under any circumstances. First of all, mm-hmm. what, whether or not there's other factors at play, which have yet to be seen are, you know, that's a different story and it's completely mm-hmm. plausible. hundred percent. Plus, like you said, the, this is the strongest sports union ever. And mm-hmm. they, they really do run the show. And, you know, it's, it's not a terrible thing, it's just not.
0: Right, yeah, I don't know, and and except for when I feel like they're getting in their own way with what we talked about earlier, and sure, you know, if if they don't delay the start of spring training, things could get really bad for players too. You know, you yeah. can do everything you can to keep them safe, but if they're not going to follow protocols, which we've seen that some guys just aren't willing to do, then
1: sure. they're not going
0: to keep themselves safe. So you can only do so well, much, and...
1: right. And then it, it, but then again, it would be on the players' association to rein it in and hold the the players accountable, which mm-hmm. Rob Manfred kind of had to take the fall for last year. Is what you're saying? Right. Yeah, he did. He blamed. The he teams. definitely did. The teams mm-hmm. took the heat, and then Manfred took the heat because of the teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a pretty yeah. interesting argument. I, I'm not gonna, yeah, not gonna disparage so. that one.
0: All right. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see it, see it play out that I'm going back to the collective bargaining agreement. I wonder if the MLBPA is thinking they're getting too powerful and eventually they're going to fall. Mm -hmm. You know, that eventually owners just going to be like, no, we've had enough of this. We're not going to let you bully
1: us anymore. Right. Which would make them standard. There we go. Full circle. (laughs) Well, now do their nerd voice.
0: Oh, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> okay, I just need it every once in a while. All right, <laughs> moving on. The Yankees, the Yankees have traded Adam Ottavino in what came as a shocking surprise to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hurt. <laughs> my fe- <laughs> my feelings my feelings are hurt. Because if you take away really just the one game in Buffalo last season where the Blue Jays played the Yankees, then mm-hmm. he had a pretty good season. He gave up, he what, six, unearned run, or six unanswered, six runs, no outs, or whatever it was in that showing that one time. And I, I know that's Well, and abysmal. that was a bad
0: stretch for the Yankees anyway. Nobody was yes. playing well during that time.
1: Right. And that, that's what I'm saying. So I know it was bad. I got it. I got it. But, I mean, he was, I don't know. I thought he was I think he's great i and i and I'm so mad that he's going to Boston, like of all the places he could have gone to <laughs> Seattle, and it would have been fine, but he didn't I would have been he okay with that too to, he could have gone to pittsburgh he could he could have gone anywhere no mm-hmm. he's got to go to Boston <laughs> yeah which yeah and and the deal is three years twenty seven million dollars is the is the what's left he's it's one one last year of that deal yes yeah, so he's got Yankees nine million dollars coming this year. Yeah, the Yankees gave the Red Sox a bunch of money, like $800,000 or something like that, and Adam Modavino, mm-hmm. and another guy, just, just just for a player to be named later. <laughs> well,
0: not, not just another guy, Brig. Frank German, who is the 25th, 25th guy on the Yankees prospect list.
1: I know. So I, not I just wanna, a scrub. I not want to go there. <laughs>
0: who did the Yankees get back, Brig?
1: A player to be named later.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe cash. Maybe they're getting their vending machine stocked for a year. Maybe they're getting a 12 pack. I don't know. Maybe a fun <laughs> to go with it. Who's to say?
1: A little, little bit of bull <laughs> 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 It's perfect. Um, the, <laughs> it's a terrible. I don't understand. It, and I, that's I an mean, unreal the, deal. Like,
0: <laughs> it's unreal.
1: It, the salary. Okay. So the luxury tax is at 800 or a $210 million. Mm -hmm. And this deal puts the Yankees at what, two Oh three or something like that. So, I mean, there's some justification there for making room for a couple of the guys they brought in, including Kluber and bring a DJ Mm -hmm. back and all that's happy and wonderful. But I think the luxury tax has something to do with this. But anyway, that's just me.
0: Yeah. That was the first thought I had when I saw that. I was like, that is a cash dump. If I have ever seen a cash dump in my life.
1: Yeah, but of all the guys, so, man, I mean this yeah, and you know. know what's interesting, I looked at the Red Sox response and they said something like, Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nonchalant. They're like, Yeah, it's not like twenty thirteen when we're going yeah. for broke here. You know, the season between <laughs> thirteen and fourteen when they're like, uh ah, all or nothing, right? It's like they yeah. didn't even say they said that. They're like, It's not like that. It's not like that right now. We got other holes to fill. <laughs>
0: But they've done a pretty oh, good boy. job this week. I mean, they got Kike Hernandez from the Dodgers, and he's not—you like, know—he's not like an All Star or anything, but he's a good player,
1: especially during slaps. the playoffs. He's a
0: really good yeah. player. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Well, so. and this Jackie Bradley Jr. They still got to figure out Jackie Bradley Jr.
0: They do. Yeah. So they do. They, I don't know. I don't know, but I—I I don't think they're going to be the dumpster fire that they were last year, though this next year.
1: Right. Maybe that's the whole goal is to just stop the bleeding. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Okay, I don't um know. last thing we got to talk about is that in an unprecedented move Major League Baseball will be holding a tryout <laughs> for Basically, all yeah. of the people who want to come and play baseball. <laughs> well, not all of them. <laughs> I mean, there's only going to be
0: 88 par- 88 prospects, and they're going to be by invite only based on right um, scouting evaluations.
1: For sure, I'm but I'm still, teasing. but yes, they're <laughs> going to have they're going to for anybody who doesn't teams, know. <laughs> we're going to pick teams. <laughs> anyway, they'll be. Uh, it's going to be a combine. They're calling it a combine, much like the NFL's combine. It's over the course of uh, what do we say? Seven days, eight days. Something June like that.
0: 20th through the 28th.
1: There it is. It's at the USA Baseball Training Complex in Cary, North Carolina. I might just drive up there and see it. And there you go. uh yep, yeah, there'll be tournaments, medicals, uh educational programming for all of you PBS viewers out there and <laughs> uh performance testing. So NPR will be on the scene to provide you know, it is North Carolina, so <laughs> Well, no, I
0: I think it'll be good though. I think it'll be a good way for teams to actually get an up close and personal look at some of these guys because you get guys who are who are drafted and there's no medicals on them. They have no knowledge of the state of a guy's of a pitcher's elbow right. or a catcher's knees, you know, and yeah, could, those could be pretty big deals, you know, or an outfielder who has pitched some in college who has a bad elbow now, you know. So yeah. I, I think I think this could be something that's good for the long run of Major League Baseball, having in-depth medicals on guys. And, you know, I think it's going to be a little more watchable than what the NFL Combine is. This coming from somebody who has watched the NFL Combine for many years. I, me too, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's not going to be the underwear Olympics because you can't play baseball in your underwear. Um, you know, like you can football, apparently. And so it's going to be a little bit more normalized and a little bit more like watching, I mean, it'll probably be like watching spring training I would imagine. Right.
1: Yeah. I think it will be with maybe, but there'll be drills and individual, Mm -hmm. you know, performances. I saw a really cool thing on a um, Instagram the other day. It was a drill I'd never seen before somehow. And the coach was, was doing fungo down the third baseline and all of the, players there like a line of six players that were staggered back like five feet from one another and then zippered you know in this uh, diagonal and then they'd all you know dive for the ball i thought it was pretty cool i so i expect to see Hmm. something stuff stuff like that at a combine that's what you would think right
0: so yeah some interesting things that we maybe had never seen before you know for those of us who didn't go to a high level you know yeah that yeah things we've never seen and and that would be fun to watch actually and honestly like i've been wanting a skills competition besides just the home run derby yes we've been
1: talking about that yes
0: and so we're gonna get some version of that and who knows maybe some of that will bleed over into the all-star break we can only hope
1: now hold on you can't say we're gonna get it because we haven't seen anything about televising this event have we
0: no, but I I bet you it will be um on MLB TV.
1: Okay, well, but I don't. That's the middle of the
0: season. I don't know if it will be. See,
1: see that's what I'm saying. Mm. There's there's a lot of competing priorities there, and it's this is why I'm confused because mm. how how can they not give this to us? But then again, how could they do that? And I I think if they don't if they don't give us access to this for free, they're fools. Mm-hmm. They've lost it. They
0: are and they could put it on youtube for free for everybody to watch
1: exactly do something you don't
0: even need to put it on mlb tv put it on youtube you're not taking up any of your own bandwidth any of your own broadcast time just put it on youtube if you want to watch it you can if not it doesn't hurt anybody
1: do it live and then archive it and be done yep maybe maybe get a couple of your maybe get a couple of your double a announcers to call a couple of the you know sessions
0: yeah there you go yeah See, or um, or maybe winning. maybe they'll task out some um, B or C team ESPN broadcasters even.
1: They see, perfect. Yeah, that's exactly know. right. I don't know. Why are we not Pretty in charge cool. of this Brig? Yeah, you're right. I
0: don't know. We should be. We are, I don't know. We anyway. should be.
1: Call a guy. Who's the Who's <laughs> the grand pooh bah over the PA the Players Association? <laughs> oh, Tony Clark. There you go. <laughs>
0: yeah. There we go. (laughs) Get him. I I don't know if he he would allow that with
1: the way we've talked about him today, but we'll see. Well, no. If he can't take his own criticism, then he doesn't deserve to be in charge. That's a good point. Anyway. Sorry. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick
0: break. (laughs) When we get back, we're going to make a special announcement, and then we will get into the Mariners and their Mount Rushmore. Welcome back, baseball family. So, I mentioned beforehand, teased a little bit, that we we have a special announcement for you. We do actually, like for real, have a special announcement for you. We are going to do a giveaway. This is unlike any giveaway we have ever done before. So, last week, we introduced our partnership with the energy drink Rays. I have mine right here. I am drinking a voodoo once again because it is delicious, and I have a whole case of them, and I can't get enough of them. They're fantastic. Um, Brig, what do you have tonight?
1: I've got the Apollo, and I'm going to be honest. I'm not drinking it because if I was, then it, what <laughs> would be happen? Up all night. Well, that's what happened last last time. <laughs> yeah. So I learned my lesson. But it's ready for the morning, and I have a bunch of these. And this one is just terrific. Holy cow!
0: Apollo is is delicious. It's amazing. Um, so what we're going to do is we want to give away a raised sample pack. Let me tell you what comes in a raised sample pack, Brig. You get okay, Brad. Four cans. <laughs> Four cans of Raise Energy, two Raise On-The-Go samples, which are little little on-the-go packets. You can put them in, in some water, and then you don't have to drink a whole can like I have right here. Uh, four Broken Arrow samples. Broken Arrow is their uh, pre-workout. Mm-hmm. And I hear it's very good. I don't do pre, pre-workout, pre but I hear it's very good if you do like that. And also, two Hypersleep samples. And I have used the Hypersleep, and it knocked me flat out when I needed it to. It was excellent. Did it really? So, So, recap that. That's Four cans of Raise Energy, two Raise On The Go samples, four Broken Arrow samples, and two Hypersleep samples. We're going to be giving it away. How do you enter? Great question. We want everybody who wants to enter to send us a message in our mailbag. We say every week that we want questions, comments, cons- concerns, and Snyder marks. I almost combined those two. Uh, you can send us whatever you want it doesn't have to be baseball related it can be about us if you have a question about brig and i go ahead and send it our way we'll answer it and give you a shout out on the podcast everybody who sends us a message via the mailbag before february 28th let's say cut off is midnight eastern time february 28th sunday night um you'll be entered in our contest to win the rays sample pack so, it's a pretty there great deal, Brad. I think so. I think it's a pretty great deal as well. So that's yeah. that's a giveaway we're going to be doing. Go ahead and send us a, 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 whatever you want in the mailbag. I don't care. Send it our way, and we will enter you for that giveaway. Okay. Now, they can get into the mailbag at baseballtogether.com, correct? That's right. And there's also a link in the doobly-doo for every single episode. And you know what? If you really want to as well, let's throw this on there. You can leave us a voicemail. There's a link for the voicemail as well.
1: Yep. That'll work. In the doobly-doo That'll of every awesome.
0: episode. Um, you can leave us a voicemail or send us a message in the mailbag. Either way, whatever you want to do, however you want to enter, the choice is yours, but we will put you in the contest to win a raise, Sampler.
1: The choice is yours at chuck rama <laughs> This is not All endorsed right. by chuck rama But let me tell you no. this. These energy drinks are so good. We are junkies for energy drinks, and these are the cleanest-tasting energy drinks we have ever had. For whatever reason... They are so smooth. They don't snap. There's no bite. They're just really, really approachable, really easy to drink, and we love them.
0: That's right. It's true. So. You can hop on repsports.com and get those. If you use the code BTPOD, like Baseball Together Pod, uh, you will get 15% off. So Boom! And that's that in addition
1: you. to the giveaway we're running. Okay, be excited. All that's right. right.
0: All right. I'm excited. All right, Brig. So we're going to jump in here and do um, – do our Mount Rushmore for the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. We started doing this. We did the we did the Yankees because that's Briggs' team. And uh, then we decided to come west and do my team, the Seattle Mariners. So we're going to do that today. Um, mm. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, Mount Rushmore has four president presidential heads on it. So we are choosing four players who we believe would belong on a Mount Rushmore for the organization. Um, Brig, why don't you go ahead and lead us off? Give us your first one. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's so nice of you. It's <laughs> a your favorite mood. team, and it's the softball that you're just going to lob in there. Yeah. So my number one choice is Ken Griffey Jr.
0: Mine too.
1: Super <laughs> duh. Are you serious? <laughs> <Right>? Yes. <sighs> we should. Go ahead, Brig. <laughs> well, I mean, how? Wha- Number one overall pick, nineteen eighty eight, drafted out of high school. Um he changed baseball, he transcended baseball, man, with the hat backward and everything like that. Eleven seasons as a mariner, three hundred and ninety-eight home runs, one thousand sixty-three runs, and one thousand one hundred fifty two RBIs. Dude, this dude is off the chain. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: AL MVP Especially in when he was in Seattle what
0: especially when he was in Seattle
1: yeah we don't talk about that whatever happened in Chicago it wasn't even in the documentary (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's true that was like two weeks (laughs) it's like the last month of the season in in Chicago a lot of people forget about that number 17 with the White Sox
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) playing right field and DH and what do you think about it tell us your thoughts on the kid well, so, I mean, you
0: hit the nail on the head. Transcended baseball, you know, the iconic ha- backwards hat, the most beautiful swing we have ever seen to date. I ever. mean, I don't know of anybody who has that kind of swing. I mean, Cody Bellinger, you can see, kind of tries to mimic it a little bit. Um, One time I noticed that his stance is very similar to Griffey's. Um, he's changed it up since then. Um, His swing is a little bit in that direction, but I think that might just be because he's a lefty. Uh, but I think you can see that there is some inspiration drawn there, which is obvious, you know, with a, a kid who grew up in an MLB clubhouse. But, I mean, yeah. Griffey had influence over an entire generation of fans. The only other guy I can think of who had that kind of influence was Michael Jordan. And, you know, they were contemporaries, you know, playing in the midnight in the 90s early 2000s. For sure. They were contemporaries and, and, you know, it was be like Mike and, you know, every ba- every kid playing baseball wanted to be like Griffey. Um, yeah. And, you know, one thing that I don't know how well known this is about his influence on the game is that Griffey is, I mean, his approaching Bud Selig is the reason that, A, they have Jackie Robinson Day where everybody wears number 42 and also the reason that Jackie Robinson's number is uh, is retired across Major League Baseball. That's right. Ken Griffey Jr. had that idea, brought it to Bud Selig, and it was executed. So I mean, more than just on the field, he—I guess that's mostly on the field—but across the entire game, that he understood the importance of Jackie Robinson in his life and the league, and he, he felt like it was important enough that everybody should understand that. And I think it's great. I thought when I heard that, I thought it was amazing. Just somebody who cares way more about way more things than just himself. Because it could have been easy for him to be selfish his entire career.
1: Oh, for sure. You know,
0: and you can argue yeah. that there were times, but everybody's got to be selfish at some point. You know, when he asked uh, out of, of Seattle, course. we saw in the junior documentaries because he was miserable. He was he wanted to be with his family, and I can't fault a guy for that, especially his, especially being a dad. You know. Yep. But yep. No, this the the impact that he had on my favorite team growing up. That I I've talked I've spoken to people over the last few years. It's like I don't know why. Honestly, if you didn't grow up in the Pacific Northwest, why anybody would be a Mariners fan? And the same answer I get every time is I grew up watching Griffey. It's like,
1: there you go. There you so, go. Well, and he played and he with on his, his dad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he, and he, yeah. All of the 10 all-star teams, that's transcendent right there. That's that's how you become a fan of Griffey if you didn't grow up there. And Anyway, Griffey, mm-hmm. Griffey just wins. He just is a winner. And yep. He just wins all of the things that you can win, so <laughs> and a Gold Glove every single year he was in Seattle. <laughs> exactly, he wins all the things you can win. It's a thing he yeah. does.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. But he
1: saved baseball in Seattle. I mean, we can't. <laughs> he
0: did this to this day. Now T-Mobile, but Safeco was called the house that Junior built because he led that team on that playoff run, you know, granted they lost to last of the Indians in 95 in six games, but because people were coming to watch Griffey that year, you know, he missed some time with a broken wrist, but when he came back, he was just as electric as ever, you know, he he came back and people were were coming to watch him play and watch the Mariners play in the playoffs that it was like, okay, we need a new stadium because the kingdom is not
1: great. Uh, One
0: last,
1: one last thing on Griffey. Is mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong, but is he not the first Mariner to be in the Hall of Fame? He is. Yep. Yep. One of only two.
0: One of only two.
1: Yeah. Are you going to go That's to the second insane. one for your next one? No. Okay. That's fine. No. Don't talk. Don't talk to me like you know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your coal mine supervisor. I apologize, <laughs> <laughs> Brad who is your number two
0: funny you'd ask that right now brig my number two is edgar martinez (laughs) (laughs) no yep yep he is oh man Um, i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) he was the he was the second mariner to be elected into the baseball hall of fame and it took a long yeah. time it took a long time for him to get in cuz people were holding his defense against him and yeah. to that i say <laughs> but also i say you. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot name the designated hitter year the designated hitter of the year award after a guy and then not let him into the hall of fame he was yeah. the greatest dh to play the game by far i mean look yeah, at this here of course so, Edgar Martinez, 312, 312 lifetime average, 933 career OPS. It's crazy. I mean, hello. And then in hello. 95, he had he had a career year in 95. Griffey missed some time, so he was bumped up a little bit in the, in the batting order. Yeah. Got a few more at bats. Came out batting, Brig, 356. With oh an OPS... Goodness. Of 1.107 on base percentage, 479. (laughs) And for a guy who hits for average and does not hit home runs, Brig, 29 home runs. I know. Finished third in the MVP voting.
1: To your point, 52 doubles that 95 season. And you know
0: what? The thing that's funny about that is that none of those stats include the important role that he had in the '95 ALDS against your New York Yankees.
1: Oh my! Yeah, you're right. There it is. Because yeah, it was because, supposed I mean, he to be had, a double.
0: It it was a double, but it also double. he had a grand sl- <laughs> he had a grand slam in that series that brought mm-hmm. the Mariners back from the brink in Game Four.
1: That's right. Yes. They
0: should have lost that game. Instead, Edgar Martinez hit a grand slam to straightaway center field. Bust yeah. out the rye bread and the mustard, Grandma. That's right. So, <laughs> I mean, aside from those, though, I mean, he was after Griffey left Seattle, he was the cornerstone of the franchise. Him and Ichiro were the cornerstone of the of the franchise, and I mean, I think his leadership was a big reason that that team won 116 games in 2001. And whether he was a vocal yeah. guy in the clubhouse, I don't know. You know, I was only 15 years old at the time. Sure, but. Sure. So I wasn't really paying attention to that stuff, but it felt like it was Edgar's team and he was leading that team to every single win. You know, Brett Boone was doing the bat flips. Jay Buhner was hitting home runs, but Edgar Martinez was the guy who was pushing that team along. So I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that's just the way I saw it. That's the way I saw Edgar really the entire time he was in Seattle. Um, you know, one of the big knocks on him is that he was a defensive liability. He didn't play much defense. He played a little bit at third base, but then he hurt his knee. couldn't play defense anymore. I don't know what the Mariners would have done if they'd ever made it to the World Series, because that would have been trouble. Wouldn't yeah. have won any games on the road, probably, because he didn't have his bat, except yeah. for in a pinch-hitting situation. But And he's also a guy, as my dad, said, he, my dad always said, he ran like he's mad at the ground,
1: <laughs> yeah. which I thought was really funny and also very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but... Well, he spent 18 that's that's enough years in Seattle. Eighteen, yeah, yeah, so that's plenty of He's, opportunity to career. get an opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, he spent his whole career in Seattle. He's a that's guy right, who, exactly. like, I I watched him from the beginning of my watching baseball until he retired in two thousand and four, when I graduated high school, and like at that point, I was just like, gosh, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. But, yeah, anyway. What do you have to say about Edgar Briggs? I'm assuming you have him on your list.
1: I do. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just wasn't number two, Brad. He. Was, <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll forgive no, you I, for that. I, I've said, I mean, everything you said I was going to say, and then I added the 18 um, seasons in Seattle. And, yeah, I think it, it's just, just crazy to me that this guy is as good as he is and is as underrated as he is. And um i you you say he's the greatest dh to ever play the game and i think there's a really good argument for that but other people know david ortiz better and i can't figure out why Mm -hmm. it's got to have something to do with being in seattle um and
0: i think i think the david ortiz thing is the postseason
1: right well and exactly you never got that great argument that chance even though right.
0: even though he did perform when he did get the chance but he didn't get the chance on the big 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 stage like Poppy did
1: yeah right yeah I know. but that's what I'm saying that's like there's your but you come up with you seriously if you could if you say list five you know top three even top three best dhs of all time you have to have Edgar Martinez in there
0: you have to absolutely you have
1: to no matter what yeah I mean you'd be a fool yep. not to so he was he's my number three. And oh, okay. uh, I refuse to move him. I to move him down to number two. <laughs> I, that's fine. <laughs>
0: hey, let's let's take a quick break. When we get back, let's talk about your number two, Brig.
1: Okay. <laughs> no matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with Nine Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. Now, during the break, Brad and I had a little bit of an exchange happening. It's very exciting. (laughs) Um, I said, rather boldly, that... I believe I know who his number three and number four picks will be. I also told him that I think our number, his number three and my number two, which has yet to be revealed, are the same. But that our number fours are going to be different. So in an effort to preserve the integrity of our little experiment, I told Brad, I said, look, I'm going to send you a text message with my guesses, because he's like, prove it. And I'm like, no, I can't. That, he said, well, then you'll cheat. And I said, well, so, so I texted him. It's got a timestamp on it. He's not looking at his phone. We're very excited to bring you this. Yes, very excited. More, more for us than anything else. So we'll see. we'll see what happens. But, okay, my number two, since we've gone out of order, my number two pick for the Seattle Mariners' Mount Rushmore is Ichiro Suzuki.
0: Okay, that is my number three. Yes! <laughs> yes! Ooh, yeah. I'm
1: halfway there, baby. Halfway. Okay. <laughs> Whew. Okay, so now, it Suzuki. Okay, let's go, let's context here. When a player comes from Japan, it's not always a done deal. You could have a terrific career in Japan. And be lights out, just be automatic. And then you Mm -hmm. come to Major League Baseball and things, the wheels fall off, right? It just, there are very few players that pull it off successfully, but there is only one player that's done it the way Suzuki has. It's just insane. So he was with Seattle from 2001 to 2012, short break. Well, I mean, six years is not short. And then 2018, 2019 came back, right?
0: Well, yeah, 20. I mean, if that's what you want to call it, I mean, he played 15 games in 2018, and then he played two games in that Japan series in 2019. So basically, he came back uh, ceremoniously
1: during that time. Sure, but we got a good 10 years out of him for yes, Seattle. Yes, yes. He's the all-time leader in hits with 2542 for the Mariners. 438 stolen bases also leads that category, and he has the highest career batting average, 321 Across the entire franchise history. Now, the team was inaugurated what nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, that was their initial season. So mm-hmm. that's that's not a tremendous amount of history to top, but it is nothing. It's it's nothing to shake a stick at at a three twenty one career, leading the franchise with at least ten years. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and we did see that there is that stat that came across. Uh, on the on the nine plus SVIP group, and uh, I think it was an, an MLB graphic. But anyway, it said something like Ichiro doubled up 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 the middle or singled up the up the middle in his twenty first at bat of his major league career and never fell below three hundred again for his lifetime average. Right. And you know it it's pretty good. He got off to a pretty good start because he hit three fifty that first season as a rookie. It was mm-hmm. an was the obvious rookie of the year. Happened to win MVP. I mean, happened to win MVP as well that year. Um, and that was 2001. That was that, that season that I talked about when I felt like Edgar Martinez was leading the team. I mean, Ichiro was just this phenom. Came out of nowhere. I specifically remember his very first at-bat with the Mariners. And it was like a he hit like a little dribbler to like to third base, I think. And he beat it out. Right. And we were just like, I think it was just my mom and I were watching the game. We looked at each other we were like, who's this guy? <laughs> you know? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and then it wasn't too long until there's that throw from, uh, from right field to David Bell that was an absolute strike. Not just oh, a strike, yeah. but a laser beam. You know, they're just yeah. like, he can throw too? What? What
1: is this? <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: but yeah first the first impressions of Ichiro were were very big in my house because we hadn't really heard anything about him besides he's gonna be great
1: <laughs> right a lot of promises that are often broken promises empty well, promises. Yeah.
0: yeah it's like you talked about guys come over from Japan and so- sometimes and like maybe they're good not great or they just flat out don't pan out at all I mean yeah. we have seen Shohei Otani who's been very good for the Angels when he plays but health has been an issue You know, he's he's on a second round of of Tommy John surgery already, you know, and who knows how much longer he's going to be able to play. He's probably not going to be able to pitch, which is part of the reason they wanted him. But, I mean, Ichiro was everything anybody ever thought he would be and more, you know, coming to the league at 27. So it was absolute dynamite. Unreal. Unreal experience watching
1: Ichiro, especially that first year. So then in 2004, when he broke the uh, single season record for – for hits with 262. That record stood until he broke it in 04 from 1920. (laughs) It's a long time.
0: It's a long time, man. (laughs) And, you know, this is one thing, too, about Ichiro that a lot of people kind of argue against is his slugging percentage.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So he never had a slugging percentage let's see uh above 457 he's 457 his rookie season and he never got above that again and rarely got over 400 you know a lot of people call him a slap hitter because he was just slapped the ball and getting on base but you and i have talked about the value of getting a guy on base and we saw that with the mariners yeah. especially in that oh one season there were guys who a could hit home runs you had brett boone batting right behind each year that season who was um, may or may not have been juicing. I don't know. I'm not going to say well. either way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but batting right behind him. But he sure hit a lot, whole lot of home runs that season, regardless of the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and each year was on base for a lot of them. So that turns well, a solo home run into a two run home run
1: at least. Exactly. And that's, that's the whole point. Well, no, let's not forget he took home t- 10 straight gold glove awards from, uh, Oh, one to 2010, hot. yeah, that's hot.
0: Yeah, it is, and you know they had the the fan area out there in right field they called it area 51, which I yeah. thought was pretty cool. Um, and you know I actually read at one point I think it was his rookie season where he said the reason that he chose number 51. Do you know what that was? No. He's a big Bernie Williams fan.
1: Get out.
0: I that's what I read that rookie season. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but that's something that I saw.
1: That's that's fantastic. Thought Even that, though that was really true, cool. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, thought it was great.
1: Cool. But all right, Brad. Um, let's see if anyway. I'm right. Who's your who's your number four? <laughs> okay. Oh man, I'm my
0: so number excited. four is the big unit, Randy Johnson.
1: Oh, I was wrong.
0: <laughs> you said. King Felix.
1: <laughs> ah, I thought you so, were going to go with King Felix.
0: Real quick, let me tell you why I didn't choose King Felix. Okay. And it was strictly because he never pitched in a playoff game, which I know was not his fault. He was a Cy Young Award winner. But the fact mm-hmm. that he was not able to get there. you know. And like I said, it's a pitcher, not his fault, but – but I feel like you've got to have that on your resume. And Randy Johnson actually was the reason at one point the Mariners got into the playoffs. Because they had to play a one-game playoff in 95 against the, at the time, California Angels. Mm-hmm. And he came in and closed that game out. Struck out, I believe it was, Tim Salmon to win the game. i so, Brad. <laughs> at what? Oh, that it was Randy Johnson <laughs> instead of King Felix? No. Yes. <laughs> And see, for me, Randy Johnson has, like, just such a special place in my heart. I feel like you can't leave him off because, like I said, the role that he played on that team in those playoff runs. Like, he was a 20-game winner in 97 when the Mariners made the playoffs again. He was an all-star that season. He was also an all-star in 93, 94, 95. He won the Cy Young Award in 95. And, like, he didn't strike fear or king felix did not strike the fear into batters that randy johnson did
1: hey now that's that's the 100 true there's because you can't argue with that
0: because i feel like with with king felix it was like a nervousness of you know what's going to come but you still can't hit it but with randy yeah. johnson it was like this guy might have a screw a screw loose and i don't know where the ball is going to come <laughs> yeah. and he probably doesn't know where it's going to come and i don't know if it's going to be a 103 mile an hour fastball or if it's going to be a 90 mile an hour slider yep you know, so like there was like a physical fear put into batters that yeah. very few other pitchers have had over the course of, over the course of a lifetime.
1: He threw his first no no in 1990. Cy Young Award winner '95, and uh, mm-hmm. 4,875 strikeouts. That's a but strikeout also... per nine of 10.61.
0: Yeah, he also had one thousand nine one thousand four hundred ninety seven walks, which I feel like is pretty good for a guy with those kind of control issues, and at, you know, just shy at seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was one thing that I always thought was funny that that yes, the ball is coming out of his hand at one hundred plus because he's stepping halfway to the, to the plate and <laughs> and he had a he had a unique motion. You know, a lot of guys have their arm at ninety degrees when they throw, but he had that three quarter. Mm-hmm. Arm slot, that cocked, where he, he was, was. Yeah, he, yeah. It was like a sling coming out of there. Where, yeah. Especially since his arm was so long for a left-handed batter, the ball is starting four feet behind you, and then having to swing back across the plate. Everything yep. feels like it's coming at you at that point. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so his arm I, was
1: as long as his mustaches. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and his mullet. Yes. Oh man, yep. that
1: mullet was something else. I'll tell you what. <laughs> But it's this like, is a good one ass NASCAR. He just wouldn't fit in one of them stock cars. <laughs> That's the only difference. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but this this is the one problem I have with Randy Johnson, is that he went into and I don't blame him for this, he went into the Hall of Fame as a diamondback, as an Arizona Diamondback. Yeah. And you know, he he had good years in Arizona. He won a World Series with the Diamondback, so I, I totally get that. It's just yep. I had always wish that he had gone in as a mariner just because he had he was so dominant in those years. But you know, I can I could see it because he was one, two, three, four, five time All Star with the Diamondbacks. Last time was when he was forty, so mm. yeah. it is what it is. Whatever, it but is it's what fine. It he's he's my he's the fourth guy on my Mount Rushmore.
1: That's pretty good, man. I I I can't argue with you <laughs> uh, as far as not picking King Felix. What I can do is tell you that you've left out. Arguably, the most important personality in the entire franchise off your Mount Rushmore. Oh, that's a bold statement. That is a and bold statement. I'm gonna kind of break the mold a little bit, and as I do so, I'll ask you to break out the salami and the mustard, Grandma. Because I'm putting Dave Niehaus as my number four on that. I Rushmore cannot believe. Seattle. I cannot believe I didn't say Dave Niehaus. Because I was going
0: strictly you, players. I know. Because Dave but Niehaus you can't, absolutely belongs to be on there more than the big unit does. One hundred percent.
1: No, there's no Seattle baseball without Dave Niehaus. It just doesn't happen.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's carried on, <laughs> but not without the statue in center field. That's How about right.
1: that.
0: I'm just telling yeah. you, man. Uh, no, so, that is an absolute valid point.
1: He started his career calling games for the California Angels, but he, if I got that right, California Angels, I believe that's actually true. But the point is, he was broadcasting in Seattle from 1977 to 2010. And that was the first, that was the the team's inaugural season, 1977. And uh, he was with them all the way until 2010 when he, he passed away. I just Mm -hmm. think that uh, as far as as far as names go, you got to have, you know, Dave Niehaus got to be on that on that Mount Rushmore.
0: Definitely. Absolutely. And it's I mean, (laughs) if nothing else, nobody. I shouldn't say nobody. There are few people who have as iconic of a call as Dave Niehaus.
1: Very few. Because
0: the Grand Salami made it into Kangaroo Jr.'s winning run. The video game, the like, basically like yep. the sequel to Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball. Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run came out a year, I believe, after, I think it was 96. So it was right after um, the 95 ALDS, once again. And anytime anybody hit a Grand Slam, it wouldn't go through the whole thing, but it would just say Grand Salami. Nice. Which was an obvious tribute to Dave Niehaus.
1: Absolutely. Well, and what I love about Dave Niehaus's calls is, if you go back and watch, you get you get the radio guy enthusiasm with a TV guy uh, presentation, right? Like he's 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 broadcasting on TV, but he's also giving you like all of the juice, all of the excitement. He he is invested. He's in it to win it. Just with. So it felt like your super duper knowledgeable uncle was screaming mm-hmm. along with you on the third baseline. <laughs> right? like,
0: it's true. And and you know, like I have I have a cassette tape from the ninety five season. I know I've talked about it a lot this whole this whole episode, but that's like when I became a hardcore big league baseball fan was during that season. Yep. Yep. And um and all along they, they have the Dave Nehouse call, you know, with uh with the video and it's always just like, it goes like three octaves above and you can tell like (laughs) me being an audio guy, you can tell that everything is peaking because you can hear it cut down as soon as the ball is hit because it's, it's almost like he sits way back here and makes the call, you know, Yeah, because he's screaming so loud and it's, it's when somebody hits the ball. It's when somebody makes a great play. When Griffey crashed into the wall and broke his wrist, it was like, you know, red peaks for days and then and then he was able to chop it down and be somber because he's like oh no junior's hurt you know yeah. so it's not just that he had his signature call but he was he was incredibly good at what he did he did a great job of feeding off the energy of the game and and conveying that through the broadcast
1: i agree man iconic
0: absolutely for sure love it but anybody who hasn't been to t-mobile or safeco field Uh, there, like I said before, there's a statue out in center field of Dave Niehaus where he's sitting at the broadcast desk and you can sit down next to him and get your picture taken. It's cool. I think I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, dig out that. I have a couple pictures of myself with it. I'll think I'll dig those out and put them on YouTube. You can see them.
1: So nice. Well, and they've got, do they still have the thing, uh, on the outfield wall that just says Dave with the mic and it says, my, oh, my, is that still? Uh, I believe so. Center field or wherever it is.
0: Yeah, I believe they do. So there's, um, out in the outfield they have Edgar's Cantina. You know, obviously Edgar Martinez, Edgar's, Edgar's Cantina. Yeah. Uh, but they also have Dave Neihouse Way out there is one of, is okay. like the street. There's so there's yeah. Dave Neihouse Way and there's Edgar Martinez Way, and so there used to be I don't know if they still have it but there used to be a Mariners podcast called. At the corner of Edgar and Dave, or maybe it was, um, maybe it was their newsletter or something like that. I don't remember.
1: Uh, but cool.
0: but yeah, they called it at the corner of Edgar and Dave. That was pretty sweet. So
1: that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. But cool. Let's go ahead and get out of here, Brig. Um, but actually, before we do, baseball family, send us your Seattle Mariners Mount Rushmore. I know it's not a team that a lot of you have ever really paid a whole lot of attention to, probably, or <laughs> cheered for. But let us know if we got it right or wrong, because, I mean, should the big unit be on there? Should Dave Nehouse be on there in place? Maybe you had Alex Rodriguez on there. I don't know. Despite everything, whatever. That's up to you. There's Send us argument, a message in David. the mailbag and enter yeah. for our giveaway.
1: Don't forget to jump on the shop as well at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. 9 com. That's where you can pick up all the swag that we're wearing on the show, and uh, you Oh, yeah, and don't forget to jump into our private Facebook group. That's where we drop discount codes and things like that all the time. And I think, you know what, next week, Brad, let's drop a discount code here. Will you help me remember that?
0: Yeah, let's do it. I'll put a note down.
1: Just for you, our baseball family listeners, and, uh, yeah, well, maybe it'll be gangbusters good. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> you know, Send us a thing in the mailbag and tell us, tell us how much we should dis- try and discount things, so maybe we'll go crazy. Um, there you go. And while you're in there asking for – free stuff in the mailbag you might as well also ask for uh or send us a snide remark or a question or a concern and jump in there and don't forget about our raise energy sample pack giveaway for you're sure. gonna love it we know it man they're so good that's right and don't forget to
0: like subscribe rate and review the podcast you can rate us and review us on apple Podcasts. that's like the best place to do that because i know for sure they allow that um yeah but let us know what you think there if you if you don't like something let us know either in the mailbag or whatever because we're always looking to improve we're here for you baseball family and with that we will catch you next week